If you're selling tickets to an event, no one does it better than Live Nation. Raise those pinkies because today we're going to walk you through how to sell out an event like a pro. Presented by Advertise Mint. The Duke of Digital will guide you through the rapidly changing landscape of digital marketing, social media, and how to grow your business online. To submit a question for the show, text 323-821-2044 or visit dukeofdigital.com. If you need an expert to fix your ads, the friendly team at Advertise Mint is ready to help. Visit Advertise Mint, that's M-I-N-T, dot com or call 844-236-4686 to grow your business. Here's your host, Brian Miet. All right, I'm really excited today because we have a special guest, uh, one of you know our neighbors here in Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, we're actually one, uh, one building over, uh, but Malcolm Gray, the Senior Marketing Manager at Live Nation. Uh, and I know we've had a couple of fun conversations uh, over the past couple of years about Facebook ads and, you know, we'll sit down and go to lunch and just uh, have a great time kind of talking through stuff. But I'm glad to have you on the show. Uh, I mean, I know that you are, you've worked with Live Nation for several years. Uh, you guys are, you know, Live Nation is pretty much, I, I would think at this point, the only ticketing system left. Like you guys sell all the tickets for all the concerts. <laughs> That's not <laughs> true. Other people do too, but yeah, we have a, a good business. Nice. Nice. Um, I, I know that you've, you've been a radio host. Uh, you're a big fan of the office, you know, welcome to the show. Uh, we're glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. Sorry. I'm sweating on camera, but uh, we'll get through it. <laughs> nice. All right. Did I miss anything? You know, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, you know, your, your background at live nation, Oh, yeah. Well, you left on my modeling career. But other than that, I think you pretty much hit all the points. I am. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm from Boston um, and I started my career as an accountant um, and hated it. And then, you know, I went to grad school, I went to Emerson College and then I got my master's in integrated marketing. And from there, I started doing radio, um, worked at WRS 88.9 as one of the program directors, but also on air talent. And that's when I got like my, I like kind of built my music journalism chops. So my love for music um, that I've always had as like a kid, um, I got to actually funnel that into a profession. And then when I graduated, I knew I wanted to move to Los Angeles. So I started applying to jobs to kind of see what was out there. There's not a lot of entertainment marketing opportunities in Boston. Um, so yeah, I started applying jobs to LA, applied to Live Nation online and yeah, the rest is history for the most part. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. So walk us through a couple of things best concert you've ever attended actually it was um a festival performance i saw frank ocean at fyf fest a few years ago okay and incredible incredible like, like what made it incredible man well he doesn't do a lot of shows i don't okay. know what you know about he's very elusive he's very like mysterious he drops albums whenever he wants he kind of like is anti-industry so when he actually shows up and does a performance it's like really special and he did a performance uh, in L.A. and like he had, he one of his songs he in essence serenaded Brad Pitt on camera. Um, he just has this I don't know way about him where he just creates this this hive of super fans and it's and it's just amazing to always see. Oh, I love in that. essence, did you hear about when Drake got booed last week? No, during I Tyler Creators Festival. No. Well, Drake got booed because the fans he. Tyler left an open slot uh, on like the festival flyer, so nobody knew who the headliner for the second night was, and people thought it was going to be Frank Ocean. But when it wasn't, <laughs> uh, they booed Drake instead, <laughs> no. which is crazy. But uh, yeah, that's what happened. Oh man! Um, all right. Well, are there? Walk us through some of the perks. 
that you get with your job? I, I would think that's probably the biggest question most people would have is, you're at Live Nation. Does this mean you get VIP tickets to any event, uh, anytime you want? Are there musicians walking around your offices that you get to hang uh, out with all the time? No, God, no. Um, you know, I, I, there are a lot of perks for working for a company like that. Um, I do go to a lot more shows. Um, throughout the the year um but i think you know the best part of it is i get to actually be in music you know a lot of people don't get to make money in the music industry and you know we have a full-time job like supporting this huge business which is amazing um but yeah we get to go a lot more shows um i get to i think i've always wanted to be in music because i always was drawn to you know being a part of an artist's story and helping them in whatever part of the journey they're on um, so even though we're selling tickets, uh, we're still helping connect artists with fans at a different level. Um, so that, and just that kind of stuff every day, like it, it really puts me in a good place and I enjoy just those aspects of the job. Um, but yeah, going to shows, be, being around a, a lot of like-minded people, I can just have, sometimes we'll spend like 45 minutes just breaking down a new album, uh, when we're just in our cubicles, just like talking to each other, that stuff is always great. Um, and yeah, you know, just, 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 I guess the overall lifestyle of working at a music company. Nice. Yeah. Now, are there any up and coming musicians that you have seen that you think our listeners should check out? Oh, a million, of course. Um, what's up and coming? I mean, like ones that you're like, these guys are going to go far or they've got something that's different. That is, uh, you know, what you hear is a lot of times what's ahead of, mm -hmm. you know, mainstream or, you sure. know, before it makes it big. Yeah. Are there any of the ones that, or any artists that you've seen that you're like, oh, they're they're on their way. Watch yeah. for these guys. A lot of people I've been listening to uh, lately, this guy, Dominic Fike, he already has like a big song called Three Nights that you might have heard okay. in like car commercials and, and stuff like that. Um, but he's somebody that I've been seeing grow over the past like year and a half. And it's like, it's it feels like it's going to be big. Um, another guy is um, a rapper, Baby Keem, who has done some work with like uh, a lot of projects with Kendrick, okay. um, Kendrick Lamar. But uh, yeah, he's on his first headlining tour right now, and everything pretty much sold out. And it's the energy around it. He really has the kids on his side. Um, another guy that I really like um, is Channel Trace. He's from actually, I think he's from Compton, um, but he kind of makes like house music um, with rap lyrics over it. It's okay. really interesting. Uh, but he just was in the studio with James Blake. Uh, he just toured with Toro Imoa. So he's probably going to have a big 2020 as well. So those are kind of some of the guys that people should check out because uh, they'll have a really, really big year next year. Oh, I love it. I love being on the inside scoop. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go <laughs> add those guys to yeah, my Spotify should. playlist. Check them out. All right. So today's topic, what I wanted to, to dive in, um, and because we've had this conversation a couple of times, yeah. which is you know promoting big events with Facebook ads. And this can come to, you know, business owners that are, you know, people that are musicians or artists or a big event that someone's putting on, like a networking event or even an online webinar of someone that's like, I want to put an event on which has a start date and an end date or a specific time and I want to help sell tickets for it. And I think I wanted to have you sh on the show because I would think you, at least in my world, are one of the top people when we talk about the, 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 I don't know, it's like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of tickets that you're like, yeah, done, sold, gone, next, let's keep going, um, which is just crazy. So I, I wanted to run through a couple of questions. Um, you know, let's start, let's go back to how did you get into the event marketing or the, the social team or the digital team specifically at Live Nation? 
One, thank you. That was very nice of you. Yeah. Two, um, yeah, honestly, this is my first job out of grad school. Um, I had internships during grad school um, where I was just running social media. Um, and my first, like I did like a temporary contract right when I first graduated. Um, and I literally was running paid social for an organization called Karma Loop. It was like there an e-commerce streetwear store from uh, the, the, the early and uh, mid-2000s. Um, but yeah, I was just running organic social for them. And literally within that six-month clip when I was working with them, we generated $300,000 worth of revenue just from organic posts. This is before pay. Pay was already there, but like we're making 300K, like probably would have touched a million dollars around holiday time within a year, which is like crazy for yep. organic posts, you yep. know? Um, so I had that background going into uh, applying for jobs. And then I always had the organic social part because I understand when I was doing radio, how to engage with the city to get them to tune in by, all right, cool, we're, we're tagging artists on Twitter um, when we're playing their song on the radio so they can hurry up and tune in and catch it, like that kind of stuff. So understanding how to navigate in real time through social media during the radio days, I was able to apply all this knowledge to the new challenge that was selling tickets, right? Uh, when I came in, um, I had a, like a light background in paid social, but in essence, I learned everything on, on the spot. And, you know, that being my first, uh, like, real, real paid social job, I was able to kind of, as I learned paid social, learn it specifically for this business, right? And um, learning how to navigate Facebook and all the tools that they have, but understanding out of all the shiny new tools that they have, what stuff actually works for us and yeah. what will actually help move the needle in terms of ticket sales. Um, so, yeah, kind of just going through that, teach myself, like, going to Starbucks and just working on the weekends, taking, like, all the Facebook blueprint classes, like, just trying to, like, up my game and kind of understand how these things really work together. And, you know, understanding internally what kind of access we have to data and all these kind of things and how we can use that to inform, you know, better decision making in terms of targeting and also, like, uh, placements. Yeah. Now, yeah. I know we've talked about this before, but how many events – at any given one time, would you say that you're working on? And I, I know they come and go and, you know, everything's kind of, you know, yeah. in waves. But how many events are you working on actively trying to sell out or oh, fill up? Uh, so, I, you know, I run uh, paid social for club and theater touring, right? So I think we, we're doing upwards of, I don't know, 150 tours a year. And you look at uh, maybe like 20 dates on average. So like that number throughout mm -hmm. the year whatever that i can't do that math yeah, that sure. quick but something like that it's right um it's a lot of dates you know um and it's a lot of we gotta cover a lot of ground all we're all across the country also a little bit in canada so you know just trying to in essence build systems ahead of time so it's kind of plug and play yep. and then as you see trends you kind of make adjustments um, one of the biggest adjustments we've made is you know allocating more uh attention to instagram story and how that's been growing and, you know, selling a lot more tickets. Um, it's been interesting because the, it feels like it's the fastest growing placement on on social, in essence, especially within the Facebook uh, ecosystem. So, you know, finding fans where they are and because it's always going to be shifting and always being ready for the next thing and where they're going to go and try to be there before they get there yeah. and just be ready when they're uh, when they're there. Now, when you say shifting with, you know, Instagram stories, would you have like a rule of thumb of, you know, we used to have 10% of our budgets there and now it's, you know, 25 or 50%. Like, is there anything more that you can tell us kind of about how much more you're doing with Instagram stories? You know, we're still testing, right? But I think um, 
I do, we do shift a little bit, probably like an extra 10% towards that, right? But it also varies per artist, per genre, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, just kind of, we really, the thing with touring is we really have to treat it case by case, right? So it's like, okay, cool. If we have an artist whose fans are, uh, if we're doing like a, a classic rock cover band tour, right? Our fans are probably going to be, I don't know, at least 35 to 54, right? Whereas opposed to we do an up and coming rap artist, their fans might be 13 to 35, right? They're more likely to use story, whereas, um, you know, the rock cover, classic rock cover band are more likely to use Facebook feed or get their information yep. from different places. So it really varies. Um, but yeah, I think shifting more towards story when it makes sense can really make a big impact. Nice. Now, what would be some of the common struggles mm -hmm. that you're faced with when promoting events on the Facebook ad platform? I think, you know, it's technical or just like in general? You know, it can be both. I think the biggest part for me is just finding great creative. Um, a lot of times we don't have access to a lot of great creative um, in terms of, you know, we're, we're actually putting on shows on sale sometimes six months before the show actually plays off. So, you know, we would love to have a lot more options for um, creative because, you know, I, no matter how many campaigns you can run, it has to be fresh creative to catch a new, hopefully catch somebody else's eye that maybe saw the old one and didn't uh, react, like they didn't react to the creative from the last time. So hopefully we can catch them with a video or we do like a really, really great live shot or we do a really, really great press photo or just being able to rotate that kind of stuff. And though there's system in place to make that better, but you know, I think that's with anything, just having access to unlimited creative would make these uh you know make the event and just advertising online just a lot easier and smoother nice nice i mean i say that so much how important creative is for facebook yeah. ads you know uh, how does it work you know at live creative do you guys have your own creative team do you wait for the artist to give you creative do you use any tools yeah. to kind of help or is it a mix and match of it's all a mix. those you yeah. know for the most part like for touring uh we get a lot of the creative given to us right um so press photos and approved photos and things like that. Um, we have our tour flyers, which are like ad mats is what we call them. Um, so a lot of it comes from that, comes from the agents and managers and uh, artist teams, but also that we make some stuff in house and we make some stuff on the fly as well, um, get everything approved and go up. But you know, we're running fast and it's music, man. Things change so quickly. Um, and sometimes you get, uh, you get an announcement for a show that's announcing the next day and you just got to turn it around and turn yep. it on, you know? Yep. Are there any strategies in terms of advertising that you would change uh, if it's a, a mainstream artist, someone extremely popular versus someone that is, you know, just starting out or beginning? Or, or do you do kind of the same strategies across the board? I think it's based on access to data, right? I think um, a lot of the more mainstream artists, they're targetable, right? on on facebook and instagram but um a lot of the smaller artists they're not right so you have to get you have to get a little bit more creative right and that's when you can bring in like okay has this artist been featured on a publication recently like what is the what are the publications that really feature this artist uh maybe you can start targeting fans of those publications yep. right um, maybe there's something specifically in lifestyle then you have to do a little more digging like all right cool has this artist been in uh has who are the other artists that they work with um, have they been in any TV or movies? Have they, you know, w do they skateboard? Do they do this kind of stuff? So you try to make these lifestyle tie-ins based on how much data you have uh, that's targetable on the platform, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you, you know, ultimately the end goal and the end result is ticket sales, Yep. right? That's what, you know, everything's being measured on. Sure. It's, it's, is that the main objective that you use 
when running ads? Uh, I think for me, it's, you know, we're trying to be, we're trying to sell obviously as many tickets as possible, but also as efficiently as possible. Right. So it's a balance, yeah. you know, and just trying to find that balance, but we love sold out shows. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> just more of those. Do you have any, you know, you've, you've done this, you know, so many times with so many different venues, any tips for other businesses or, or artists that are looking to maybe start their first show or, or get out there and do this? What would be some of your, you know, uh, uh one to do tips that you're like, this is what you need to be focusing on with Facebook ads. Yeah, I think starting small, but finding your audience, right? Like using the tools that you have. Um, if you have an email list, if you don't have an email list, start one, right? Because that's stuff you can in, input that into Facebook as a custom audience, and you can start targeting those people directly that already know who you are. And you build lookalikes off of those, right? Um, and then you kind of start to grow and grow and grow. Um, but it's also like, it's also just, you just got to keep doing it. You know, you got to keep looking for new fans, but you also have to have new things to offer them, right? You don't want to keep running ads with the same content that you have, but every time you get a new song, you can run something new, yeah. right? Um, you know, I think it's just being more strategic and using um, whatever whatever data you have to hit more of the right people. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, do you have any, you know, advice for selling tickets last minute? Um, and I, I've been in, you know, several situations where, you know, we get a knock on the door, someone calls us and they're like, yikes, we need help. Uh, you know, we've, we've paid everything for the venues, you've got these yeah. big areas, and through one thing or another, they haven't hit, you know, the numbers that they're looking for, and mm -hmm. so it's kind of crunch time. You know, do you guys use accelerated bidding? Like, what do you do during that time? And I would say that generally maybe lasts 48 hours or 72 hours kind of before a show mm -hmm. when you realize, hey, there's extra, you know, uh, you know tickets available that we want to get sold. Yeah. You know, it, for it's really interesting because we always just want to sell as many tickets as fast as possible, right? But I, I do think um, that's based on the stuff you've tested before, right? So in essence, if you announce a show and you try Facebook uh, feed, you try Instagram feed, you try Instagram story, check out those placements or whatever works for you. Hopefully the whole point is you try each of those and then see based on how people are reacting to those ads. That's where you, when you really need to, do the push, that's the placement that you focus on, right? So if you if you put out all three placements and then you know Instagram story sold the most tickets, people are, mo are more engaged there, if you really need to sell it out, that's where you put your bulk of your money, right? I just feel like that's what's worked for us in the past too, just knowing what works, where this audience is, how they engage, and then be able to boom. Uh, may or maybe it is you know you'll sell more tickets through Facebook feed using the event, but for awareness and hopefully you can inspire some walk up through Instagram story, you put some money there as well. Yeah, you know, so. it's crazy. I've, I've seen that mistake made a lot, which is people, there's so many tools and options within mm. the Facebook ad platform mm. that they're always like, well, we need to go everywhere or do everything. And a lot of times they overlook mm. what is working best for them. It's right in front of them. Yeah. And I'm like, you have a golden egg right there. Yeah. How about we, you know, go double down or 10X on that one right there. And right. they're like, but, what about this? And it's always, yeah. but there's other options. Yeah. Those ones might do well. And I'm like, but you have one that is doing well. You got to know, like, you have to always remind yourself that you are a user of the platform. Like, where would you convert? What are you looking at when you use uh, Facebook and Instagram natively, right? What yeah. are the things that your eyes are drawn to? You always have to remember that because it's like, okay, cool. I know things vary and people are different, but for the most part, we all use the platforms the same and the platforms want us to use it in the same yeah, way, yeah. right? So you have to think about, oh, 
would I look for an ad here? Or what do I do when I see something in this place? Do I usually click on it? Or do I just like breeze right by it? So you have to have that kind of intuition and, and knowledge about how you use a platform as well. If you had to take a guess, um, because this is something that, you know, I've had conversations with other business owners and they generally, at times they can approach Facebook because they hear it so great that they're like, I want to put up an ad and I want someone to do something right now. Yeah. Like one ad, one, you know, one shot, one kill. Like they're like, sweet, we've got it. What, in your opinion, would be how many times do you think people are seeing an ad for uh, an artist or a concert mm -hmm. before they actually make the decision to, to buy tickets? I think the industry thing was like three times, okay. right? Because, um, you know, obviously, I'm, I just touched social, right? We're not talking about people getting hit with our emails. Yep. We're not talking about people um, getting hit with emails and, like, organic stuff. We're not talking about all the other ways. We're not talking about display. Um, so it's like I think most people know when they want to buy a ticket, but it varies per genre, right? Because yeah. it's a pop artist that is probably going to sell out, Um you know, they might only need to see it one time and then they'll take a screenshot of it, right? And they'll have their pre-sale password in the screenshot, they'll share it with their friends, but um, we don't get that conversion correctly, yeah, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's just trying to figure out um, the best way to hit everyone, but also working, you know, between the marketing department to, all right, cool, sequencing. It's like, all right, cool, we'll set, set up social this day, you hit them with the email this day, boop, boop, boop. One of us will get it. As long as we're selling tickets, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. As long as we're doing it efficiently and, you know, the shows are sold out and we can move on. Yeah. So like, let's go back in time. Ten years ago, Live Nation had a marketing department and they had a, a job of you know, selling tickets. Mm -hmm. um, today, how has Facebook advertising impacted that mix? Is it is it something that's growing? Is it, you know, huge and that's the you know one of the main areas that they rely on is it just one of the pieces of many things that that go to reach you know the the fans and get them to buy tickets yeah i think for like i can only speak for me i know knack has their um their things as well but i i it's huge i think facebook is a huge part of um i think for just anything entertainment now right they just they we just Facebook just has the data has the people it has the eyeballs right and obviously facebook including instagram like it's just what everyone is. And music is so tied to Instagram, right? Yeah. They're just these things that are just going to be tied together. Like artists can build relevance just off Instagram alone, right? And it's just such a powerful platform for the music industry. So I think it's always gonna be a part of it. And music fans are always gonna be on Instagram following their favorite artists. So just it just suits us to be there as yeah. well, to tell them, oh, they're coming to town. You love them so much? Yeah, come see them, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but I think Facebook's a huge part of our our strategy, but also like it should be part of everybody's strategy yeah. with the music, right? Now, since you started at Live Nation, yep. what would you say have been some of the biggest changes with the Facebook ad platform that have helped you be able to increase results and performance? You know, are there any tools that you're like, man, this is so much better than what it was five years ago, or specific things that you do within the ad platform that have helped you? kind of achieve that final goal. Yeah, I think the uh I think the 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 advancement in audience targeting mm -hmm. has been great. Um obviously them building out Instagram ads would is great. And being able to run stuff on story has really, really helped us a lot. And you know, they, they understand what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> um but you know, I do think um how they've been able to allow the ease they've been able to allow custom audience is and to, to be able to target with your own data um, has been 
great. Obviously, besides the Cambridge stuff, yeah. um, they had to take some stuff away, yeah. which I wish would come back. Um, but I think just how complex their targeting system is and being able to hit more of the right people has been like uh, amazing for our business. Yeah, it, you know, it, it still surprises me now because I've been working with Facebook ads for you know six years, six plus years now, yeah. and you know, I'll be talking with someone like at a dinner or a business networking event or something, and they'll be like, "We want to know the inner workings. Like, how does this work or that work?" And as I'll start to walk them through it, it amazes me now that even still today, people's eyes get big and they're like, wait, what? You can do that? Yeah. Like, wait, you have that ability? Like, how else would you do that anywhere else? And I'm like, you right. can't. Like, yeah. these are some of the tools that are coming out, which are just so much more powerful than anything else in advertising. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we've got, uh, we had a couple of fans text in, okay. a couple of listeners, uh, and they, with some questions. And I wanted to run through these. So the first one, is from Roger and he asked, do you find more success when targeting highly specific audiences, which would be like detailed targeting or within a 1% lookalike or broader audiences, like a 10% lookalike or even, you know, no, no targeting and let Facebook's algorithm kind of find the right users. You know, it's interesting, right? Uh, for what's up, Roger? Um, <laughs> For we're trying to sell tickets, right? So if it's a campaign where a tour is going on sale, um, we try to keep the targeting pretty tight, right? Um, because there's so many nuances within music, you have to hit people that are interested in this artist, at least first, right? Um, so I do a lot of specific targeting for a show announced and on sale. Um, and then, you know, it depends on what we're doing. If we're doing like uh, a promo sale, if we're doing like, all right, 30%, like if we're doing something for Christmas, all right, 25% off tickets for these specific shows, right? Then you can get a little more broad because the interests and the specific shows, they're so they're so diverse that I'll just let Facebook um, find the people based and optimize towards them so they can sell more tickets that way, right? Yeah. Um, but if we're doing like a specific artist, like I'm not gonna target, I'm not gonna go as wide because, you know, it might take a while for Facebook to optimize towards the people we're looking for and our budget might be done. <laughs> so um, for like larger, uh, larger scale promo stuff, we'll probably do a little broader. But for specific artists, we'll go a little uh, tighter with the targeting. I like that. And when you when you do go tar uh, tighter with the targeting, I mean that comes back to the creative issue, which is you've got to mm -hmm. you know have more creative because you're reaching that audience generally much faster. Right. And you, you got to think about it too, right? If I go up with a picture of Fetty Wap, for example, and I'm doing a little broad targeting, there might not be people who that, that, that whatever the creative is, might not resonate because people don't know who he is per se. But if you're going tight, it's like, hey, we're well, targeting Fetty Wap fans and affinity artists that will nef definitely know who this person is, then it's like, okay, cool. Then you, in, in the consumer's mind, it's like, oh, I know Fetty Wap. Do I want to see him? Yes or no. Then that can make a decision. Whereas somebody who has no idea who it is, We'll just keep scrolling yeah. and then we waste that impression. Oh, exactly. It's wonderful. What would you say is a breakdown between image ads and video ads oh. uh, that you might do? I mean, I'd love to run 100% video, okay. right? But, you know, we don't get it all the time. So uh, it's usually around 50-50. But, yes, like we push everyone that we work with to just give us video because we know it's going to perform best. Uh, that's that is such a – like, I think that's a great thing to be able to, to hear for other people yeah. Because, you know, when we, you know, talk, obviously videos generally work best. They generally perform best. Um, but a lot of times you don't have access to unlimited creatives. Yeah, and, for sure. And people yeah. have got budgets or, you know, limited teams. And so I think it's nice to even hear, you know, at Live Nation that they're like, no, yeah, we get video when we can, but we've got to move quick and images can work in the meantime sure. or, and be able to run. I think, you know, video would be number one. A really uh, a great 
Um, very clear photo of the artist, whether it's live or press, also works as well. Okay. Those would be my top two. Nice, nice. Do you do a lot of uh, text over the images, or is it generally just focus on the artist and then use the the ad copy above and below? It varies. Okay. Uh, you, but you, I mean, it varies on the placement, right? Um, Instagram, I would just love to use video, but sometimes we just use the tour flyer, right? Mm -hmm. Instagram story, at least. Um, Instagram uh, feed probably would just love video. Um, maybe some text at certain points, obviously, but we'll just put all the info in the caption nice. and Facebook events. Uh, we'd love to, we'll probably just do press photo or video without text on it. Got it. Yeah. All right. Next question. This is from Christian. What type of schedule do you use for running ads for your events? How far out do you start pre-sale or early bird ads? Do you run any post experience ads regarding the, you know, the experience of the concert or talk to them about merch or fan clubs, messenger bots? Oh, yeah, so we usually run around, um, announce pre-sale, on sale, kind of, that's usually it. Where yep. a show announces, you'll usually see an ad for it um, throughout that entire on-sale period. Okay. And how far back would you start that from the actual show date? It varies, right? Oh, it's okay. varies, because, you know, we're working with people that confirm shows that are either in eight months or eight days sometimes, okay. you know? So all that stuff kind of varies. Um I feel like there's, I don't know, some, I feel like the average is probably like two to three months, um, usually. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, that stuff varies. We, and based on, you know, how many tickets are sold within certain periods, we'll throw on more advertising just kind of for everything else. Um, and if the tickets still aren't there, some shows uh, will sell very, very, very early and some shows sell very, very late. So just understanding the audience, the genre, uh, and the market as well. And then you kind of can place your, your, your ad strategy on that. Nice. Um, let's do this. Any, any final words as we kind of come to a close here of, of wisdom regarding Facebook ads for, for other business owners or, you know, people in, um, the event industry where they're, they're trying to sell tickets, any advice for them? Yeah, I would say try everything, you know, but be able to try everything and then analyze the data. And then you kind of like learn from there, but, start with using whatever data you actually have. So if you have an email list or your friend has an email list with like-minded uh, consumers, add that, put that in your targeting and start building that. You know, I think you can start from literally like 300 people and then kind of just work from there and see what works for you. Um, use video as much as you can, but I know it's expensive. So just having a really appealing asset and creative will help um, take you a little bit further. Um, but also understanding where your where your audience is gonna engage and convert, and that you just keep hitting them there. Oh, it's fantastic advice. It actually really is good advice uh, for people that are running ads. Um, okay, last question, and I know this is one that a lot of people will probably want to hear the answer to, which is, you know, what advice would you have for people that want to get into the music industry? Uh, sometimes I know that can be extremely you know tough, or feels like there's these incredible you know, walls that they can't get through yeah. or, you know, what would you, what would you say to that? Man, I would say, um, if you're in school, try to find an internship. If you are not in school, um, start something on your own, right? I think it's, there's a lot of ways you can take it. Um, whether it's starting an event, whether it's trying to write for a, a publication, um, whether it's trying to manage an artist, whether it's trying to do anything, find out where those people are and go to those spaces, right? So if you find about an album release party or a listening party, or if you are going to the launch of something, whatever it is, 
music related, whatever company you want to be a part of, anything that they sponsor, anything that um, they have going on, just show up and go and try to meet people there. I think that's the first step is committing to entering the lifestyle and the industry and then kind of figuring out what you want to do within that industry and just going there and trying to make it happen. Oh, yeah. It sounds very simple and it sounds ridiculous, but it's really, that's really the truth of it. Yeah. 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 I would, you know, it's crazy because how many tools are now available for musicians or people that want to get into the music industry that weren't available a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and I would, you know, my a hundred percent be like, roll up your sleeves and start doing what it is you want to do. Mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't, you don't have to do things perfectly, but find someone, if you want to be a promoter, mm -hmm. find someone be like, I want to promote you and start doing the work however yeah. you can. What happens is as you're doing that, someone else will see you and be like, hey, you do this, can you do it for my next event? Yeah. Um, and it's also like, use your network. Find, all right, if you find 10 music companies you'd like to work for, talk to your friends and be like, hey, do you guys know anyone at, any, at, this, at this place, at this place, at this place? Mostly, like, most likely you'll know somebody at yeah. least, you know, yep. is connected to somebody at one of these companies that you can set up a coffee with, that you can set up. And also don't be afraid to, like, cold email people because you never know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, just literally reach out and, and, you know, commit yourself to getting into the industry. And after a while, it will happen. Nice. Uh, wonderful, wonderful advice. Um, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Malcolm, thank you for being here today. Of course. Thanks for having uh, me. Fantastic uh, podcast. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Duke of Digital podcast with Brian Meert. Want to network with other business owners? Join our exclusive group at facebook.com slash groups slash Duke of Digital. Fancy the Duke? Leave a five-star review on your favorite podcast app and you could be mentioned on the show. The Duke of Digital was produced by Advertise Mint and recorded in Hollywood, California. All rights reserved.